Okay, it's been a great old weekend and Sophie and Zion have been ministering. Zion spoke at uh, Zest Youth or it was a youth combined on Friday night and the Zest band played for the very first time. Whoa! It was so good, so good, so good. Sophie's going to come and speak. Now, Sophie um, was actually... Uh, one of our young people at Life Church, and then I heard, and she was just at high school when I first um, kind of started to become aware of Sophie. She was in her senior years at high school, Palmerston North Boys uh, Girls High. <laughs> That's like calling a wedding a funeral, eh? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, so sorry, so sorry. You don't look anything like, you know. Uh, so she was at at Girls High. Palmerston North, and she was uh, doing events, organising events, um, just carving it up there as a person of influence on the back of uh, being involved at Thrive Youth, and that's how pretty much they were taught to do it, is go in and own your school and be an influencer and change this place. Wherever you're at, you change the space. Uh, and Sophie was just amazing, and, and I remember thinking, this girl is pretty amazing. So I said, Will you come on as an intern? You know, you should think about it. Um, and she did. And then, and, and then Zion was working as uh, a youth worker at this stage. He had finished two years of internship. So there you go. You do internship, you get married. That should be a big clue. Happily married with, with one on the way. So uh, they met, they uh, looked at each other, they drooled at the mouth and long story short they got married and now um, not too many years later they're the lead pastors at Life Church um, and doing an incredible work there and they're just there um, a lot of people realized early on that there was something very special about these two as a couple um, they're both collectively amazing but as a couple they're amazing as well so um so we are very, very blessed to have you come in and speaking to us, Sophie. So come on up and share what's on your heart. Awesome. Thank you, Pastor Dean. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. Well, it is a real honour to be here this morning. This is my very first time at Lane Park Church. I know that Zahn was here a few years ago when Pastor Dean and Gina were prayed in as the pastors. And um, it's like coming home. This is I know we're a part of the New Life Church's movement together. And like Dean was saying, Dean and Gina have been our pastors for many, many years. And we have learned so much from them. We, are, we have a lot to be grateful for them. Um, and um, Dean was actually the one who married us over six years ago. So that was pretty special. And so I know that you already know this, but you're very blessed to call Pastor Dean and Gina your pastors. And so this morning, it is my honor to bring the word. And I want to jump into Psalm 145. And as I was praying for our church earlier this year, I had two words just kind of reverberating in my spirit. And they were the words generations and legacy. And so in Psalm 145, it says, One generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. Or the Passion Translation puts it like this, Generation after generation will declare more of your greatness and declare more of your glory. 
So the question that I have for us this morning is the question of what are we passing on? What are we leaving behind? And we're going also to the book of Hebrews this morning, so you can open it up in the Bible, but it should come up behind me in the screen. And in uh, in chapter 12 and verse 1, it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. And we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. And now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. So let's pray together this morning as we open up the Word. Lord, we thank You for the privilege, God, of just being in Your presence this morning for the incredible worship. And Lord, we pray that as we lean into Your Word, God, that You would transform us by Your living Word this morning, God, that You would speak through me, that You would anoint my lips, that You would change us from the inside out. In Your name we pray. Amen. Amen. So the question is, what is generational legacy? And when we look at the historic movement of the kingdom in the scriptures, we see this beautiful and incredible generational front from Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. We see a generation of leaders. And so generational legacy is about advancing the kingdom of God and asking this question, what am I passing on? What specific legacy am I living and leaving for the next generation? When you hear the word legacy, it's a big word and it's legacy is what we're living in right now, that we are living in someone else's legacy. It's what we're creating in this very moment with the decisions that we're making and how we're choosing to live. And it's also what we will leave behind and pass on to others. Each and every single one of us, we inherit a legacy and we are also impacted by the decisions that other people have already made before us. We know that all of us, we're going to leave some kind of spiritual legacy and make an impact for the future. You see, the decisions that we make today have consequences for the people tomorrow, just like the decisions that people have made yesterday have consequences for us today. There is a generational impact. And in the book of Hebrews, the writer talks about a legacy of faith that is passed down from generation to generation. And today, over 2,000 years later, we gather here today as a church. That we as a church, this is a faith that we belong to that is thousands of years old, that has been passed on from generation to generation. And I love it as I look around in this room, I know that this house, Lane Park Church, that there's a legacy here right now, that this is a house that is built on generations. And I love that as I look around, I see different generations represented. And I think that is worth celebrating and worth championing and that there is a depth and a richness that happens when generations connect and share these stories and their lessons and their hopes and their challenges. And I know we have a wealth of stories and wisdom here in this room that a generation is paved a way forward for others to come through. And I hope that it will encourage you to know that the mountains that you have climbed, the stories, the life that you have lived, that you are able to point to others and say, I've lived this road, I've, I've lived this out, now let me help you do the same. Let me show you which way to go. 
And I know for us at Life Church next year, we celebrate 40 years of Life Church and what our founding pastors planted 40 years ago. And as, as people have come together to um, help them build the house and, and, and work alongside God in building the church, I know that there are stories of God changing lives and families that have impacted generations and will continue to impact. And so, I know I'm thankful. I'm so thankful for the generations that have allowed me to stand on their shoulders and that have helped me to succeed. So the youth uh, at the start of this year would have gone to something called Storm Camp. And at Storm Camp, I was that girl 10 years ago who walked into that room, walked into camp, and I had an understanding of God, I had an understanding of religion, but it wasn't until I had an encounter with Jesus and began to understand the revelation of how deeply loved I was in Him that began to just incredibly change the course of my life. And I know without a doubt, my life would look radically different if I had not encountered Jesus 10 years ago. And what, what that did was that it, it began to set me on a course, on a, on a direction, and the journey of my life with God began. But it wasn't until I was back at church in a community of believers that really my discipleship journey began, because there I was surrounded by a community, there I was surrounded by generations of men and women who spoke into me, who poured love over me, who showed me godly marriages and godly families, who uh, believed in me and drew out the gifts that was in side of me. And I know I'll be forever thankful for the youth leaders that just loved on me, that uh, I really looked up to. And I remember having a, a bunch of older girls and they would just bring me into their lives, into their world. They'd take me up shopping. This was back in like 2012 in the hipster days. And we'd go up shopping, make art, do all the fun things. And they just showed me what real life living with Jesus looked like. And, it, and I'm so thankful for that. And then as I continued to stay in church and grow in God, I had, you know, men and women who just really showed me what life with Jesus looked like. And I know when people ask me, Sophie, how do you do what you do at such a young age? How do you lead the church? You know, Zion and I were asked to um, lead and transition it when I was only 23. And I remember thinking, it is only by the grace of God, but it is by the grace of God and the people He's placed in my life, the people He's blessed me with and placed around me to champion me, to support me, to speak life and wisdom and pray for me. And that is the power of generational legacy. Young men and women, old men and women, and I see spiritual mothers and fathers and sons and daughters, and bridging the gap between those generations and sharing the stories of what God has done in His mighty acts, like it says in Psalm 145. So this morning, I want to open our eyes to the bigness of our God and how He thinks and what we're a part of. Like I was saying earlier, our God thinks in generations. He's not just thinking for our lifetime. He is thinking in generations. And we know that Scripture makes it clear for the genealogies that we read throughout. In Genesis 17, 7, God says, And I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you in their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your descendants after you. Ephesians 3.21 says, To Him be the glory in the church of Christ Jesus, to all generations, forever and ever. Amen. And so these verses, they encourage us to think about family and legacy in terms of generations, generations of influence. 
And they demonstrate this aspect of God's character, that he's a Lord of history, the ancient of days who's weaving together the stories of individuals and generations and nations into his eternal purposes. I just think that's incredible, that his purposes and plans are greater than just you and I or any individual, but it continues from generation to generation. And I know that that is not a normal way of thinking in our individualistic culture that our perspective is often only thinking in terms of me, my lifetime, my world. And in our Western world and society, we tend to think only about the here and now, the immediate, about our jobs, our careers, about taking the next step. And the reality is that as as believers in Christ, we were created for eternity. But science says that even our brains have struggled to comprehend that because we, the brain actually can only understand a beginning and an end. But we know that we were created with eternity in mind. And so how much, how much time do we often spend on the temporary? And yet we know that the energy that we spend on these things, that eventually they will all pass away. Matthew 6, 19, 21 says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And we tend to live like we're kind of going to be around forever. And we put a lot of energy and things into the temporal rather than for eternity. But I want to speak to you this morning about living beyond your lifetime, about living and passing something on that will have an eternal significance. So this morning... We want to live with a kingdom mindset to know that earth is not our home and that as the direction of our lives completely change when we choose Jesus and his kingdom, that it's no longer about our ways and us, but suddenly we know that earth is not our home and that there is a heavenly kingdom that awaits us, that we were created for eternity. And if we go back to Hebrews 12, And if we could have that verse back up there again, it says, therefore, since we are surrounded by, and whenever that word therefore is used in scripture, we want to look back at actually, what are they saying about therefore? They're referring to something else. And in in chapter 11 in, in the book of Hebrews, it is all about the great hall of faith. And it gives us the context for what we're wanting to explore today. Because our verse in chapter 12 has just come out of chapter 11, describing these men and women of God, heroes of the faith. And the writer is now telling us in chapter 12, therefore, to run with endurance in the same way. And that's really important. That generational legacy is not just about me. And we can read that verse and think, oh, I've got to run my race. I'm just thinking about my race. And that's important to know what are we called to do individually and to be obedient to that. But, but this is drawing our eyes to something so much bigger, saying that there's a whole host of men and women who've gone before you and saying that we are surrounded by this great cloud of witnesses and they are our examples as great heroes of faith. And so we can often just run our race and not worry about anything else, but Scripture's teaching us the opposite, saying that just as you see that there are others before you that have come before you, that we are part of an eternal divine relay and that this is not an individual sprint. Because it's important, as soon as we remember that others have gone before us, we remember that there are others to come after us. And in this Christian faith, we need to know that it is not just about us and our lifetime, but about what are we passing on to the next generation. 
in December 2019, when we were prayed in and inducted as the lead pastors, we were handed a yellow baton. And, you know, in the physical, it was just a light, thin yellow baton, but the spiritual significance of what that baton carried was really important. And I want, to, I want us to understand this morning that we all carry a baton in our hands this morning. And the question is, what are you passing on? Entrusted in your hands is a message, a story, a legacy of faith, of how you've lived and how you've loved and how you have followed the voice of God. Just like in the book of um, Hebrews, it talks about how we are blessed because of Abraham's inheritance. And today here at Lane Park, we are blessed, you are blessed because of someone else's inheritance. So what will we build next? One of my first unofficial dates of Zion over nine years ago was after I had run a relay race. And I used to compete and do 100 metre sprints. But the thing about doing a relay race is that it doesn't matter how fast I run. It doesn't matter how well I run if I even get my personal best in that race. If I don't set the next person up to win and pass my baton on correctly in the exchange zone, that race is lost. It doesn't matter how well I've done. It matters how well I'm passing on the next baton. And... Um, it's really important because we know that in, in relay running, this is for my very, very short time as a runner, but there's 1.9 seconds or about 20 metres in that exchange zone where it, it really matters how you're going to pass that baton on. And for us in the spiritual context, it really matters not so much what we've done, but in that, in that short gap, how are we going to pass on? What's our posture as we pass that on? And how are we setting up the next person to win? Just like it says in Hebrews, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us, let you as Lane Park also make sure that you carry the baton of faith to the next generation. To not drop the baton, to not hand it on too late, to not get sloppy with what God has blessed you with, but to understand that the baton of faith is in your hands for your generation to the next generation. And I know that each and every single one of us are not here by accident, but God has called you for such a time as this into this lifetime, this generation. And he looks at everyone here this morning created out of eternity and says that I've positioned you with gifts in this time for the purpose of serving your generation. So what are you passing on? And I think the enemy would do whatever he can to separate the different generations, to separate the zeal and the zest of the young generation, the resources of the middle generation, and the wisdom of the older generation. And if he can keep them separate, he knows he's one. But imagine the power, imagine the influence when those generations come together to work alongside one another to outwork the purposes of God and advance the kingdom of God. There's a divine, eternal relay here. And we know that it's not over, that we're not in the cloud of witness grandstand yet. We've got work to do. And so we must ensure that what we do while we are still here on earth and whatever age that we are, whatever stage or background, nationality or tongue, that God has a plan and a purpose and He needs all of us, every single one of us, to pick up our baton and to run this race. So we've been handed our job, and it's our responsibility not to drop it, but to be faithful, to be obedient with that. So what are you passing on this morning? If I can be so bold as to encourage the older generation today, 
that you may not have a lifetime left to live, but you do have a lifetime of which to give from. That you may not move as quickly, but you can achieve more now by allowing God to move speedily on your behalf. That you may not have the boldness of youth, but you now have the greater trust that He works all things together for good. That you may not have the tattoos of self-promotion, but you have the scars of battles won in faith. That you may not have the vision of the young, but you can see beyond the natural with greater clarity. You may not have amassed a fortune, but you surely have proved the abundance of His grace. And because when you were young, you looked around to see what you had done. But now that you are old, you look up to see what He has done. And you are blessed and your stories and your age, they bless us. In 2 Corinthians 4.18, it says, So we fix our eyes, not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. What is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. So what will be the story of your life and the legacy that you leave behind for future generations, for beyond yourself, for something that will live on far, far after you're gone? The Bible tells us in John 15, 16, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. When Jesus is saying in this verse is that fruit is a legacy of faith that you're leaving behind. And everything that you do and every decision that you make right now is affecting that legacy. And the reality is that we will all leave a legacy behind, whether we are intentionally thinking about it and acting on it or not. And if we don't live, live a legacy by design, we will leave a legacy by default. And when you live it by default, you don't care or think about your decisions or attitudes or actions or belief. But when we choose to live intentionally, God does something so powerful with that. And so what are we passing on? Make sure that whatever you're carrying, it is going to flow through you that it doesn't stop with you, but God can flow through you and use you. So how to build a generational legacy. We want to know that the greatest thing that we can pass on is not, like I said, the earthly, temporal, material things, but it is our spiritual legacy. And I know for uh, families and mums and dads here today, it's not so much what you're going to leave behind for your kids in terms of your, your homes or your wealth, but it is what you're leaving behind with your spiritual legacy and your faith. And the greatest thing that we can pass on is our faith. And Hebrews is a book all about that, about faith. And so what are we passing on? Who are we becoming? Who are we investing in? And I always encourage our young adults to find someone in their world, someone who's gone before them, someone who's walked the road 20, 10, however decades, and to lean into their world, to ask how they can help and serve them, to, to draw out the gold and the stories of what they have learned over their lifetime. And, and as each generation comes together, I know that generation will go from strength to strength to strength. Amen. Awesome. Well, I'd love if I could pray for you this morning. So why don't we stand to our feet? And if you feel comfortable, you can stretch out your hands. So God, I thank you for your word, Lord. I thank you that it is powerful and active and living, God, that is sharper than a double-edged sword. And so God, I pray that as you have spoken to us this morning, that our hearts would receive from your spirit what we need to hear. And to ask ourselves the question, what are we passing on? What are we leaving behind? Would you help us to have a revelation just of how much you care so deeply about your church, about your people, and about the legacy of faith being passed on to the next generation? 
God, have Your way in our lives. Thank You for this incredible church. Bless it in Jesus' mighty Name. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Pass it back to Pastor D. Wow. Wouldn't you like that every week? What a message. I was really stirred up. I, I'm already a convert to that generational blessing. But the challenge I want to bring to us this morning is, what are we actually going to do about it? Will you, will you respond to it? Will you remember this word? Will you remember this word in the, in the days and the weeks and the months and the years to come? And if you see a young person come to church and you're an older generation person, will you gather up the boldness to go over and talk to someone and start a journey with them? If you're a young person, will you have the boldness to get to know some of the older generation and go over and do what Sophie said and say, how can I help you? You know, how can I serve you? What can I do? Can I pray for you? And when we get it together, we get wisdom and energy and dreams and it all comes together and, and, it, and it all takes off and it all flourishes. And God blesses it. God blesses it. Fantastic word, Sophie. Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic word. Thank you so much. How about we give Sophie another huge big clap. The greatest blessing that we can have in God is coming into His family and coming to know Him. And I love what Sophie said uh, about, um, you know, she came to realise that God cared about her. And then she journeyed with people. But it all came back to a realisation that God exists and God cares for us. And I, I don't know where you're at as people in that, but I just want to tell you this morning that God cares about you and He loves you. He loves you dearly. If you study history, you'll see that there was a person called Jesus Christ came into the world. And, and, the, and the Bible says that Jesus Christ was God's Son. The Bible says that God sent His Son to actually become a sacrifice on our behalf to help us come into God's love, to help bridge a void, a, a blockage that had come between us and God. And when we come into God's love, when we, when we ask God to come into our world, when we ask Jesus to come into our life and journey with us, we get back over that bridge and we journey with God. So I just want to encourage you, if you don't know about that journey, if you haven't given number one spot in your life to God, and that's what it's really about, it's giving Him number one, the number one place in your life, in your world. And then He gives all the incredible stuff back to you that we worry about and can't figure out. He figures it out. He makes sense of it. He brings peace to what we can't change and alter. So if you don't know about that, come and talk to someone after the service. Catch up with someone. If they don't know, if they can't help you, they'll bring you to someone who can. So just go talk to someone and uh, and 
we will pray for you. We'll talk with you. We'll journey with you. And uh, we'll just do life. We'll link on and encourage you and believe in you. Regardless of your background, regardless of who you are, regardless of what your family's like, we don't care about any of that stuff. We'll journey with you. We'll journey with you. I'll pray. Father, I thank you for every single person that's here today. Holy Spirit, surround them, fill them, journey with them out of here through this week. May there be a light in their workplace. May there be a light in their school. May there be a light in the university, light wherever they are. May they know your plan for their life. Father, bless everyone in Jesus' name. And thank you for wanting us first. Thank you for being there for us. We give you this week. It's your week. We give you ourselves to journey with. In Jesus' name, amen.